Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Father, I do ask that you would cause us to hear your word in a way in which we mix it with faith. Lord, your word says in Romans that we can, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Lord, help us to not just cognitively assimilate and receive, but help us to cause faith to come. Help us to have hearing ears, even as Kyle led us a few minutes ago, to hear and to know your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, back in August, we had a special guest speaker, Pastor Mike and his wife Bonnie Failauer came and shared with us uh, in... He's a pastor from New Life Church. He's the senior pastor of New Life Church in Corpus Christi. And uh, I asked him to come and share. I couldn't believe he said yes. And so I'm like, okay, great. Uh, because they've, they have had a, what I would call a genuine move of the Spirit. Over the last four years, since 2018, they have had over 3,000 people get baptized in the city of Corpus Christi from through members of the church. And, um, you know, it's, it's cool. They got baptized into the body of Christ in the city that's called the body of Christ, right? Corpus Christi. And, and the amazing thing is that of those 3,000 plus, they're continuing to baptize people. Pastor Mike and Bonnie have only personally baptized like five out of 3,000. And it's because the church members have shared Jesus with their friends, and they're the ones that have actually been doing the baptizing. And he gave us, I believe, a very powerful and compelling charge as a church. They came up with this phrase, the Lord gave them this phrase, create your own pulpit, C-Y-O-P. Am I too loud? I'm kind of hearing myself. All right. I like hearing my voice, but not that loud. (laughs) <clears throat> Some people tell me that, Glenn, you just really like to hear yourself. But um, he did. He encouraged us that, that every one of us have harvest fields. Every one of us have uh, spheres of influence where we can share a testimony of something God did in our life. Where we can share with the people that we are around the reason for the hope that's in us or the joy that's in us. Or the love that's in us. And, and really, that stands out a lot these days because a lot of people don't have a lot of joy, don't have a lot of hope, don't have truly like even a lot of love. And so that's, he, he basically commissioned us, said, God's got harvest fields for you. Now, for you, it could be your neighbors, could be your coworkers or your classmates, could be your friends, could be your enemies, could be your, I mean that. It really could be people that are, rub you the wrong way. The Lord could say, hey, share with them. Love your enemies and pray for them. It could be those on the sports team or the parents of, uh, or on your CrossFit class. I don't really go to CrossFit. I see it at the gym, but I watch it. But um, whatever your harvest fields are, it could even be, it could be the parents 
of the other children in your tumbling class, your children's tumbling class. I found out my, my granddaughter, <clears throat> Lane, is three years old, and she's enrolled in tumbling class, and I just think that's the cutest thing ever. Um, I asked Suzanne on a date yesterday. I said, let's go on a date this week. She said, where are we going? I said, let's go watch Lane tumble in tumbling class because I want to get a little a fix of cuteness, you know. And, but, you know, the parents are there watching the tumbling. And so you're naturally going to get into conversations, right? And so it got me thinking. A part of this charge to us as a church to create our own pulpits is we are inevitably going to have opportunities to pray for people in the area of physical healing. And so I want to help equip us today to be more effective in praying for healing for people. I want our, I'll put it this way, I want our batting average to go up, okay? Our healing batting average, okay? I, I, I looked up in 2018, the worst batting average in Major League Baseball is a guy named Chris Davis, and uh, now don't feel sorry for him, he makes a lot of money, okay? But his batting average is 167 for the whole year, and um, he's actually from Longview. Is Darby here? No? All right. East Texas. Anyway, his 167, now when I say 167 is the batting average, that means the, 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 ra- the ratio is per thousand at bats, he got 167 hits. Okay, the best batting average in 2018 is Mookie Betts, and he is uh, 300 and, what did I say, 346. Now, so you think about that, Chris Davis, a little under two out of 10, or one out of five people, when we look at our, our healing batting average, If I prayed for five people and one of them got healed, that would be that batting average. Well, I'm just going to be honest. I would love to have a 167 healing batting average. I'm being serious. I mean, I think we would have serious revival if if one out of five got healed when we prayed for them, right? Now, I just want our batting average to go up, though. I want to go from Chris to Mookie in my spiritual healing ratio there. And so I think we just, we need to be, uh, we need to be, be uh, equipped in this area. Now, I, I don't have any idea what my batting average is, but I want it to go up. Some of the greatest highlights of my life have been when people I prayed for actually got better when I prayed for them. I just once stood out to my mind all week. I've, I've told this story a number of times. Is we called him Puff Puff. He was in eight and eighth grade young man. He was in the youth group. I was the youth pastor at, <clears throat> at Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. And, you know, he was a little, a little bit heavy set, but he also had severe scoliosis in his spine to where he had to wear a shoe that looked like a Frankenstein shoe. It's like that three and a half inches of a shoe because his spine was so out of, out of whack. And, uh, we gathered around him as a youth group. We prayed for him. We watched his leg come out. We watched his spine straighten in front of our eyes. Praise God. Now, here's me. After the youth meeting, I'm like, oh, I hope he stays healed. <laughs> Just being honest. 
the next week, he comes to the youth group. His mom took him to the mall, and he was able to buy Converse All-Star Magic Johnson shoes, which were like the Air Jordans of the 1980s. You know about those shoes, right? All right. Yeah, the, the purple and the yellow. Well, those are the highlights of my life. So, so I, I want my batting average to go up, and I hope you do too. I hope you do too. So, you know, before we go any further, can you put their pictures up again, the baseball players? You got to get to the plate in order to get a hit. You can't, your healing batting average can't go anywhere if you never go for it. So that's what I want to, you know, in fact, they don't even calculate a major league batting average until you've been to the plate 502 times. So, you know, it, yeah. <laughs> so, so keep practicing. I'm still practicing. I can safely say I began praying for, for the healings for people since 1979. And it's a conservative estimate, but I can safely say I've prayed for over 10,000 people. And so what I'm sharing today has stood the test of time. It is also, it's biblical, and uh, it's something that, that I want to pass on to you that, that I think when you hear it today, don't just go out this week and say, well, well Pastor Glenn, I tried it and it didn't work, you know. Come, let, come back to me three years from now after you've prayed for 502 people and, you know, if if you still say it didn't work, I'll, I'll give you your money back, okay? Um, I'll give you a donut from the food pantry, something. But really, we, we're all continuing to practice, so keep practicing. It's some of the greatest highlights I can remember in my life. Um, so paragraph B, I'm going to uh, uh, share this. It's called, a, it's a five-step, it's in your notes there, a five-step prayer model for healing. If you can just keep that up for a little bit. It, I learned it from John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Church in Anaheim, California. He actually came to our church in Waco in 1984. He was a, I was a youth pastor there. and I don't, He was there for, with us for about three days. I don't know if he taught us this directly at that time, but at some point I picked it up. And it's really been something that I've, that I've walked in all these years. I've really never taught this before. So, um, but it, it is, um, and some of you may say, I mean, hopefully I've kind of convinced you a little bit, but some of you may say, well, you know, Glenn, this, this praying for the sick thing isn't for me. You know, I mean, I love Jesus. I love coming to church. And, but once you give that healing ministry to the prayer teams or give it to the intercessors, but, but really praying for the sick is part of the package of being a Christian. It's part of the, it comes with the I'm a Christian package. Jesus said, you shall lay hands to all those who believe in me. He said, you will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. The, the verse at the top of your notes, James 5, 16, says, pray for one another that you may be healed. And so I don't want you to look at this today as like a burden. Like, oh, I've got to do this. Look at this as an opportunity. Like John Wimber's book said, everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play. So I'm hoping 
that you'll take me up on the offer. Say, you know, I want to play. I want to go for it. I want to get to the plate. So now to be honest, part of me hesitates to give you this outline because I don't want you to focus on a methodology or to focus. This is not a formula. This is like a track to run on. This is a a general set of guidelines that I've sometimes used it, sometimes not over the, over the, the decades. But it's a general set of guidelines that I believe will, will help us to be more, more effective. So let, let's get into it. The first step in the, the healing model is the interview. It's the interview. It basically answers the question, where does it hurt? Where does it hurt? You know, I've noticed in, sometimes in, in meetings, uh, we'll, there'll be a, a coming off of worship or something, I'll say, or someone will be leading the meeting and they'll say, does anyone, is anyone need healing? Does anyone need someone to pray for you? And so hands will go up across the, the room and, and then, then we'll say, you know, if, if you feel a burden, would you just go get next to them and, and pray for them? And what I've noticed over the years is a lot of times they don't ask what's wrong with the person. They just all of a sudden just start praying, and I'm like, hmm, you know, it's it's like what I've found is is that you will be less effective generally when you pray generally. You'll be more effective when you pray specifically. So just stop them. You're not breaking the spirit if you go, hey, hey, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> hey, introduce yourself. Say, how can I pray for you? You know, what, is there, what would you like me to pray for? And so as you're listening to their response, you're conducting the interview on two planes, on two levels. On the natural level, you're listening to them. And on the supernatural level, it's like you have one ear listening to them, and your other ear is listening, saying, Holy Spirit, is there anything you can help me with here? You're doing, you're conducting it on two levels, the, the uh, empirical and the cosmic, the natural and the supernatural. And it's really possible to do that because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And the voice of a stranger they'll not follow. So, so he really will help us through this process of this interview. So, you know, I've, uh, while they're responding, you are, you're sorting things out. You're, you're listening to them. You're sorting things out according to your past experiences. You know, I'm, I'm, when they're coming, they're telling me what's wrong. I'm checking the person out. I'm looking at them. And uh, somebody said one time, it's more important to find out what kind of person has a bug than it is to find out what kind of bug has a person. Because you see, people have different personalities. And so they may have the, the same sickness, but different personalities will respond to that sickness in different ways. I've noticed there's sometimes this happens rarely, but <clears throat> over the years, people will come for prayer. And I can just tell by the way they, that look on their face, 
their determination to receive prayer, they are there to get theirs. I mean, they're like, I will not, kind of like Bartimaeus probably when he came to Jesus and said, I want to receive my sight. But then there are other people who are less confident, maybe timid, maybe scared. And so you're, you're basically sorting things out on the basis of things they're telling you, things you see, things you think you know, and the things you think you've learned. That's all on the natural plane, the natural level of assessing what's going on. And so, you know, over the years, I've observed certain patterns that this is the way some people act, this is how some situations are. And it's like I can kind of draw some assessments from the natural. But this is not a pattern. It's not a pattern. The issue is dependence upon the Holy Spirit every time you pray for someone. If there's a pattern in praying for people in your, out in your, outside the church, in the world, and here in church, if there's a pattern, it's this. Depend on him. Depend on him. Depend on him. You know, check back with him. And allow him to guide you through the process. Don't jump to conclusions and try to reproduce yesterday's experience. I have done that, y'all. It's one of the most tragic things about praying for people is, is I'll, I'll, I'll hit a home run, okay? I'll like, wow, this amazing thing happened. And then I'll go, I'll leave there going, aha, I got it. I, I could write three books on it and get a tape series and, you know, and then two months later, I'm praying for the, a person with a similar condition, and I try what I tried two months ago, and it doesn't work because it's not what he's doing at that time. I, back in um, 90, 1997, I prayed for a, a man who had cancer wrapped around his spine, and he was given just weeks to live. And we were at a communion service, and we're kind of praying around. We're like, oh, no. You know, a lot of people, a lot of, including me, is like, this is horrible. And, and then the Holy Spirit was a great a worship service, communion service. The Holy Spirit helped me, and he brought to mind that scripture verse that says, God sent his word, and he healed them. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to bend over and, and having, you know, he was looking that way. I want you to bend over and I want you to speak Bible verses directly into his spine. And I was like, okay, Lord, this is going to look weird. And it did look weird. The people around were, but I was obeying. And so his spine was like, he said, I want you to speak Bible verses right into the, and it, and I had the impression, folks, that I didn't even it didn't matter which verses I said. I don't remember what I said. I could, have, I could have just said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. It was just to speak, the, the, I sent my word, and I had a gift of faith. Spiritual gifts came. See, so you're listening with one ear to their situation. He had cancer wrapped around his spine. But then I was listening for what the Spirit would tell me, and it was... Do this, even though it looked really weird. But I did it. And this is one of those home runs. A few weeks later, 
all the cancer died around his spine. Maybe it wasn't my prayer. I was just obeying my part. I'm not going to look at... But point is, that was 25 years ago. I've never done that again. I've tried it a couple times. And I've learned. Don't, you can't reproduce. You listen to what's going on. As it's going on, you're operating also, as I shared there, in the supernatural realm. You're open to the gifts of the Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit can lead you through the whole procedure. I heard of a a pastor's wife who was a lady came up for prayer in another church with uh, severe emotional and social issues. And um, as she was listening to to the lady share, the Holy Spirit gave her a word of knowledge, the pastor's wife. And she said, uh, she said, have you had an abortion? And the lady said, well, yes, I have. And she said, well, have you ever sought forgiveness from God? And the lady said, well, no. Well, yeah, I have. I've asked God to forgive me, but, you know, nothing, nothing really, that was it. And so the pastor's wife said, well, let's just kind of work through that. Let's, let's pray through that. And as she's praying... She led the lady to, to ask God to forgive her, to forgive herself. But then in a, in a moment of genius, the Holy Spirit told the pastor's wife, now ask the baby to forgive you. And when, that, when she did that, all the impact of the horror of what she had done hit her. And she experienced true forgiveness for the first time in her life. Now, don't write that down, people. (laughs) That's how you do it. That's what happened at that point. Okay? God many times wants to do fresh and creative things every day through you. Step number two. Step number two, I'm getting into step two here, uh, but really the interview and step two go together because you're really not through with the interview until you establish the diagnosis or, or what's wrong, the cause of what's going on. It's complete when you've determined the cause. It could be natural cause, supernatural could be social, as I said, emotional. It could be sin that's the cause. The same condition, you can have heart problems or joint problems. The same condition could be caused by any of those categories. It's just with different situations, it's different. But the Holy Spirit, as I've said, will help us through this. If we, we can only operate in the light we have. Okay, I'm just trying to help us see... You're listening, but you're also listening here, okay? And so even you didn't know, I don't know if Kyle, you knew I was sharing on this today, but helping us to hear during the Alpha worship is, is really what God's wanting to do today. So, um, so now there, there so, so basically the interview is over when either you've ascertained the, the cause of the condition or God's told you something. God's told you what it is, but now there's also a third option, and that is you have no idea 
what the cause is. You're, you're just, you're clueless. And you're, you're just like, you know, I don't, I don't really, God hadn't showed you anything. They haven't helped you with what they've said. And, and I'm telling you, that happens a lot. More times than I care to admit, it really, it's, a, it's very common. I, I don't, sir, I don't have a clue what's wrong with you. I mean, I, I know what's wrong with you in the natural, but I don't know what's wrong with you. And so I'm going to pray for you anyway because I know God knows what's wrong and Jesus shed his blood on the cross for you. So I'm going to pray anyway and because he understands, I'm going to pray. But, but just be honest. Be honest with them. Don't, don't uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't know what you don't know, then don't pretend like you know. Okay? Don't. I mean, it, it's, don't fake it. Just say, you know, I don't know what's wrong. You know, I, I, I mean, like I just said, I, but I'll pray anyway because he understands. See, don't be mystical and don't act spiritual if you don't have a clue what's going on. Be genuine. Be honest. Maintain your integrity. Okay? Because once you try to cheat the system by acting spiritual, you just put yourself out of position for God to bless you and to bless other people through you. God knows what you're doing and you know what you're doing and you're hurting yourself and you're hurting the other person. You know, James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace. He gives power to the humble, to those who'll just say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm clueless about this. So, amen. Now, a little more on this, uh, these steps. Why do we have this, why do they have this condition? Sometimes it could just be natural cause. It could just be, as it's up there, it, said it could be a disease or an accident that they had, and it's just a natural cause. And, and, and that's it. Uh, I say this to my charismatic friends. It's okay if there's not any other deep things going on around it. It's just they're sick. Everybody nod at me, okay? You're, everybody? All right. Way to go. Good job. Yeah. Because I'm always thinking, oh, there's got to be, you know, no. They're just sick. They fell off their bike. Oh, the Lord. No. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm saying all those things because those, those are things I've done over the years. <laughs> because I wanted to, you know, figure out, think there was so much more to it. But I want my batting average to go up, right? So if I'm honest, I think, I'll, I think God will, will help, help us, help me with that. So... Um, so sometimes it's natural, but sometimes there, there, people are, uh, there's sin that's involved. Sometimes the, the cause is sin, and um, <clears throat> it could be sin that's brought it about. And, and, you know, I used to think that when sin was the cause, that the person could just... Uh, you know, I used to think a person 
could, could completely control whether they sinned or not. You know, like, like I used to think the person was completely able to just stop sinning. You know, like I didn't know a person could sin and not want to. I didn't realize sin could have a hold on a person. The Bible calls it a strong hold. Now, for sure, there's an element in which their, their will is involved. I mean, God didn't make them sin. But over the years, I've realized sometimes they're, they're, they're sin and they're in bondage to a demonic spirit. And they don't want to, but it's just this, there's that stronghold of the enemy that's, that's really got them. And so things aren't always as they appear to be with someone. You don't just go, well, you just need to repent and get it over with. They're not always as they appear to be. So operationally, I think it's a good idea always to start with mercy and end with mercy. Okay? Because at the end of the day, it's about loving them. It's about, if, you know, if they don't get healed and they walk away, make sure they're feeling loved. Because, folks, love is the highest call of all. Love God and love, love your neighbor as yourself. And so it's, it's loving people that, that, you know, that person, I, I, I regularly do this when I realize something's going on there. I just think that person standing in front of me, that's someone that God sent his son to die for. And so love them even if they're hard to love. Love them even if they're, they're, they're unlovely because God's called you to. I, so I ask, Lord, fill me with your love for them. You see, my healing batting average may be, you know, 125. But I want my love batting average to be over 900. You see, and, and at the end of the day, that's, that's what we're about. Now, sometimes it's not their sin Sometimes it's sin that was committed against them. And so you can only pray with the light you have. So your prayer for them at that time, it's very, it gets pretty complicated if, there, if there's other things that have caused them to be where they are. And so as again, I'm looking at certain things that could, that could be the diagnosis. So when you're operating in that, in that realm, ask the Lord, you know, what what light you have as you, as you pray for them. But again, it may sometimes, it, it may take a number of prayer encounters for that person to get better because of other, other factors involved. So you just do what you can, and then, you know, they make, they'll come, I mean, I've had people come back repeatedly at times for, for a situation, and it takes a number of times. Sometimes it may take 20 or 30 prayer encounters for someone to get totally cleaned up. I had a lady in East Texas who, um, in her 30s, school teacher, she had, uh, had a problem with, she couldn't stop washing her hands. And she came to me, loved Jesus. Her hands had cracks and were kind of bleeding, oozing. And she's like, I don't know, I don't know what's wrong. I just can't stop washing my hands. And uh, I, I prayed with her, and 
And then as while I was praying, I, had, I was listening <clears throat> to the natural, and then I was listening, and the Holy Spirit just started giving me this picture of a house, of a house with a sidewalk, that kind of windy sidewalk, and there was a wishing well in the front yard, and then I saw a, a window in the house. So actually, while she's talking to me, I was at a desk. I got a piece of paper out, and I drew this house that I was seeing. And I said, uh, does this look like anything familiar to you? She said, that was my house I grew up in. And I said, hmm, well, I saw this window over here, a living room, a dining room table, and your parents were having seances in that room. She's, I said, does that mean anything to you? And she goes, no, I don't, I don't, that doesn't really... And about 30 seconds later, she like realized they were doing that when I was a child. You see, she had already, she had blocked it out. Well, we prayed. She got a little better, but not a whole lot better. We prayed again, we prayed again, and after about a few months, she was delivered of that hand-washing demon, you see. You see, what's my point? My point is sometimes sin can be committed against you. You're a little girl in that house. See, we just don't know, but, you know, that's... Is everybody looking at me? Everybody good? Okay, good. All right. So, so you know, again, you only know the light you have, but be, be patient with people. You know, when they kind of keep coming back, my advice to you is, man, this is their 10th time to come to me about this. Just pray robust prayers. Believe, believe in the, with the light you have right then, because you're loving them. Amen? Okay. Number three, step three, the prayer selection. The prayer selection. So this answers the, the question, what kind of prayer should I pray for this person? You know, it could be any number of prayers that you pray. Again, you know, there's not just one, one prayer that you, that you, that you pray but I do want you to know, I want to take a moment and just share this. I do want you to know that as you're waiting on the Lord for what kind of prayer to pray for them, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit regularly gives us impressions. He's got a lot to say. And so I think that because of our Western, rational, humanistic you know, mindset in the West, we, we tend to block out those impressions as not being from the Holy Spirit. We're like, oh, I don't know where that thought came from. But I, I think as we, we learn to wait on the Lord and listen, he will make those impressions more clear to us. Because, you know, if you, if you can dial down, you see our flesh is like a loud radio, you ever had anybody that in your, you know, my roommates in college, they turned on the stereo really loud. You couldn't even hear. Well, that's like our flesh. It's so loud. God's wanting to give you impressions, but you're not able to hear. So you can dial down your flesh. Be still and know that I'm God. You can calm and quiet your soul. You can, you know, when you're praying for something, you can, you can just wait and, you know, don't think about Cain's chicken or the cowboys or, you know, just, just focus on, Lord, 
And if a thought comes in your mind, a lot of times that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, like today. I don't know how many hands went up today on what God was saying, but the more we can dial down our flesh, the more the Spirit can speak. Amen. Marissa, if y'all can come up. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. If it weren't possible to know his voice, Jesus wouldn't have said that. My sheep know my voice. Prayers that you pray would be prayers of petition where you ask. That's the main one. It's prayers toward God. You're praying toward to him, asking him to heal, asking him for help. Lord, would you heal them? It's a con- the common one. Then there's praying in tongues. While you're praying, pray in your prayer language. Jude 1.20 says we, we are edified. Praying in tongues edifies us. So it's like you're, you're putting your antenna up and you can hear better. So, so I prayed for someone recently here. And I stopped and I just began to pray in the Spirit. And uh, they, I started seeing them having a, a ring of keys on their belt loop. I said, I see a key ring. And the, the person was just like, what? She went to her purse and she had two rings of keys that God told her to put keys on these rings to give to people that needed doors opened and closed in their lives. Well, I put my antenna up. See what kind of prayer? It was praying in tongues. It was praying in the Spirit. Real quick, sometimes there's the command of faith where you speak directly to the condition. Jesus said, if if you have now faith, you say to the mountain, be removed. Sometimes I'll just say to the infection, I curse the infection. I command the infection to die. That's a prayer. You're not praying toward God. You're praying right to the condition. You're telling the mountain to move. Then there's the prayer of command, where you speak a direct command. You get a gift of faith and you speak right to the person as with the faith of God. Uh, There was, John Wimber told this story one time about a lady with glaucoma where her eyes were all covered with cloudy and they were just cloudy. And there was this healing meeting where the power of God was so strong and he just went by the lady and he goes, see! And the lady goes, (laughs) <laughs> and her eyes cleared up in instantly. Well, what's that? That's a prayer of command. That's like, receive it. Okay? Again, those are, I don't, I don't get those much, but those are, those are there too. Then there's the prayer of engagement. We can go to the fourth step. Prayer of engagement. I don't know if you have the list up there on your notes or not, but... Some of these on the the prayer of engagement. Yeah, keep your eyes open and watch for the effects. There could be phenomenological signs. There could be warmth. They could be feeling warmth in their body, tingling throughout their body. They could be shaking. So you're asking, how are you doing when you pray for them? It takes some time, you know, sometimes. Not just a quick prayer. It's just, how are you doing? And um, so you ask out, you find how they're doing. Sometimes we'll 
someone will, you'll say, how's the pain? Let's say I have real pain. You'll say, well, it was a nine and now my pain level is at a five. Okay, those who are at the hospital, they say, what's your pain level, right? So, oh, it's down to a five. Say, well, let's pray again. And it can go down to hopefully a one or a two or a zero. So you ask, you ask how they're doing. And so then you're over, you're finished praying when the person tells you it's over, they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I feel better. Or where the Holy Spirit tells you it's over. Or sometimes you're through praying when you run out of things to, to pray. <laughs> you don't have anything else, but you love them. Finally, post-prayer direction. After you've prayed for them, after you've prayed for them, you, you may give them instruction on why should they, what should they do to keep their healing. It could be go and sin no more. It could be read your Bible daily. It could be stay connected to a local church. It could be tithing. It could be, you know, uh, check back with your doctor and get the doctor's report. That's an important one. Let's stand up, if you would, to your feet. If they're not healed, reassure them that God loves them and encourage them to keep on asking and getting prayer. A good place for this to happen is in a home group or a small group. And so check if they're in one. Make sure that, ask if they're, are you, are you connected to the church? John Wimber said the phrase, everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play. So I want to ask us to respond this way. Uh, Just for a minute, Marissa, I just picture this. Can we just cut all the music right now? If you want, hear me? If you want to play, I'd like you to come forward. You want to play. You want to, you can just look at me right here. You, can. you, you say, I want, you, you, may, you may say, well, I'm already playing. I'm already praying for people, but I want to be equipped in a greater way. I want my batting average to go up. Would you come forward too? Because see, I'm not assuming that everybody's like at that same place today. That's why I'm doing this. I'm, This is the part of the the message where I feel very helpless. Because he's the one that equips us. And I saw in prayer this morning, I saw, uh, we were at at our 8 o'clock, 8.15 prayer, I saw the Lord giving like um, different weapons to his army today. It's like there was a belt and he was like putting tear gas on someone's belt and a a dagger and I don't know other other weaponry and that's up to him to do the equipping I want my batting average to go up I want my love batting average to go up
Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're called the helper. But Lord, there's so many people we, we see that are hurting, maybe in our own family, maybe in our own body. Would you come with healing in your wings? If it helps you, just put your hands out right now. Marissa, I just see your hands and the worship team. Your hands are, are, they play instruments, but the Lord wants to release healing through your hands as you play instruments. Micah, healing through your hands. Sir, I don't know your name on the drums, but healing through your hands as you drum. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just wait on him. We're not playing church, Lord. You're the answer to the world. The answer to the world is it's not in a new administration, it's a church on fire. I'll take a new administration, Lord, but I... (laughs) But Lord, revival comes when the church quits playing church. Lord, I want more puff puffs to get more shoes. I want more people who aren't being tormented with hand-washing demonic spirits or spirits of infirmity. Or Lord, I don't want the hospital parking lot to be packed and the church parking lot to be empty. I'm not praying it out of desperation. I'm praying this, Lord, out of, in the sense, I know, I know you are. I know you're, you're going to raise up your church in this hour. So, Lord, give us, put it, whatever's on our tool belt, whatever's on our uh, military belt right now, whatever we need, give us what we need to win the wrestling match. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.